Welcome to Outside Source Football. This is a show about what's going on inside the NFL. Your hosts, Evan Mick and Ty Ruddy, bring the latest predictions and updates from the league. Enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome to Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. This is Outside Source Football. My name is Evan Mick, and I'm joined here by my co-host, Ty Ruddy. Today is my full first-round mock draft. So the draft is next Thursday, coming up here soon. So we're going to be doing full mock drafts. Next week will be Ty's Ty's mock draft. This week is my mock draft. So with the first overall pick in the NFL mock draft, the Panthers select C.J. Stroud. I think this is a pretty pretty confident pick, pretty solid pick. Um, The Panthers have met with Stroud on multiple occasions and have had multiple conversations with him. They have a new coach and a new scheme, and a new, the word new just starts with quarterback in football. Shroud will be a great NFL quarterback. He's got all the measurables, and he's got the accuracy to be just fine. With my number two pick in the 2023 NFL draft, the Texans select Bryce Young, quarterback out of Alabama. He's my quarterback, too. I feel pretty confident in this pick. Bryce Young will be a star in the NFL. I think it's a it's a good pick for the organization. Like I said, new coach, new scheme, starts with a new quarterback. And as much as I think Davis Mills is a top 32 quarterback, top 32 quarterbacks don't necessarily win Super Bowls, and that's always what you're looking for. There are some height concerns for Young, but I'm not super worried. He was one of the most talented quarterback prospects in the last couple of years. He won a Heisman, and he is an NFL-type skill set. At my third pick in the 2023 NFL Draft, I have the Cardinals selecting Will Anderson out of Alabama. He's my edge rusher one. I used to think that the Cardinals were going to trade down, but there isn't really anyone who can trade up with them that can bring them value. What do you What do you think? Do you think there's anybody that they could trade down with to bring them enough value? Yeah, I was just looking at this earlier for my own mock draft, and I was looking at the team needs for the Cardinals, and I was thinking if they trade down they obviously wouldn't get the highest value pick that they need. And so I agree with you that they wouldn't benefit much from trading down. Yeah, and I just don't think that there's enough teams that want to trade up with them in the right position to trade up with them. I agree. So it says that the Commanders are committed to Howell and the Falcons are committed to Ritter, which basically means that the two teams won't use a high pick on a quarterback this year. That's all that really means. Anderson is basically the best prospect in the class, and the Cardinals lost their only good edge rusher in J.J. Watt this year. At number four, I have the Colts selecting Anthony Richardson. He's my quarterback three out of Florida. The Colts are drafting a quarterback here basically no matter what. The hyper-athlete Anthony Richardson is probably the best fit, even if they were at pick number one. The Eagles' offensive coordinator is their new head coach. He's used to having an athletic quarterback, so it just makes sense. Running a lot of RPOs, running a lot of read options. They also just signed Gardner Minshew to a one-year quarterback deal, which is perfect because Richardson could sit behind him for a year because he is not NFL ready. It would be a very similar career path to Jalen Hurts, which just makes sense for them considering the fact that their offensive coordinator came from Philadelphia. Another situation where it's also a new coach, new scheme, new start situation. Do you like, as a Colts fan, do you like Anthony Richardson at, at that pick? I would. I would rather something else happened, but I, Anthony Richardson has grown on me as a player. I don't tend to be super over the moon about just crazy good athletes because 
I don't know. I kind of feel like a crazy good athlete in college is a crazy good athlete in the NFL, but everyone is a crazy good athlete in the NFL. And obviously you'll have the Lamars and those kind of players who just the Patrick Mahomes who who still stand out in the NFL. But do you think do you think Anthony Richardson is on the level of like a Lamar type player or a Patrick Mahomes type athlete specifically? I I think I think so. I believe so. Okay. And and he put up he put up some good numbers in the combine. So I'm not going to diminish that. But I will say that I'm always skeptical of pure athletes and so I would rather something else happen, but I'll leave that for for my own draft. Yeah, you think the Colts should just go with a different decision. At number 5, I have the Seahawks drafting Tyree Wilson out of Texas Tech. He's my edge rusher too. See, a lot of people have them taking Jalen Carter this pick, but Here's why I don't. The Seahawks' biggest need by far is edge rusher. They don't have any stars, and their current players are barely starters on a lot of teams. They have great D-tackle talent. They also have receiving talent. They have offensive tackle talent. Edge rusher is their biggest need, and it would help them a lot. Wilson is a great athlete and will generate a lot of pressure for the Seahawks. I think he'll be just fine. I think he's a great prospect. Which leaves, at number six, the Detroit Lions getting Jalen Carter out of Georgia. Obviously, he's my defensive tackle one by a mile. I really hope the Lions don't take a corner here, especially if Carter's on the board. Carter is debatably the best player in the entire class. Hyper-athlete, insanely strong, good at rushing the passer and stopping the run. If you want to solve character concerns, go to Detroit. Great culture they're building there. Defensive tackle is also by far the Lions' biggest position of need. And getting Jalen Carter might just open up a window for them to move on to greater and greater things this year. At number seven, I have the Raiders taking Cody Mock out of North Dakota State. Yes, he is my offensive lineman, 13, and my offensive tackle, six. (laughs) The Raiders are horrible at first-round draft selections. They do need O-line help, so I do see them going there in the first round. And Cody Mock just seems like one of those players getting drafted way too early and then become a bust because of the expectations around him. The Raiders don't need an edge and don't need a defensive skill player. And a lot of people have been drafting a quarterback here. But if you sign a three-year deal for a quarterback, you're not drafting a quarterback in the same year. It's just, it's not happening. They're not going to have him sit behind a guy for three years. This is an Aaron Rodgers situation where this guy wants to retire every year. That's why they had to draft a first-round quarterback. So the Raiders are in an obviously very different situation, and quarterback is just not where they're going to go. Is it where maybe they should go? That's a little more debatable. But where they're actually going to go, quarterback is not it. So it's more realistic for the Raiders. It's more realistic for the Raiders. It's not what I would do. To draft an offensive lineman 13 is what you're saying. Yeah, to draft my 13th best offensive lineman in the entire draft. I got you. And number eight, I have a huge trade. The Falcons to the Chargers. A first, both their first round draft picks, the Chargers first, second, and fourth round draft pick, and the Falcons first and fourth. And I think this trade could also involve a skilled player or some kind of, I think they should tri- ship away at some point, Keenan Allen and Austin Eckler, because they are kind of losing value. And with such a young quarterback, you don't want players that are diminishing in value. The trade details here aren't super set in stone. I don't really think that, and I don't really think the Chargers will make this move, but it might be the best move for them. 
it's also there's always one or two surprise moves that nobody sees coming in the draft so I thought that this was a good one that is possible so after trading up to pick number eight the Chargers select Jackson Smith Najigba out of Ohio State he's my wide receiver one in the class they are really in need of receiver help for Justin Herbert Mike Williams is a top 20 to 25 receiver but he's not the style of play that best fits Justin Herbert and getting a true wide receiver one would make him explode in 2023. JSN is a better prospect than his former teammate Garrett Wilson, in my opinion, and we saw how good Wilson turned out. All the injury concerns are also mostly away because he was able to perform at the Combine, and if he's performing at the Combine, then he'll definitely be 100% by the time the season comes around. And this would be the spark that the Chargers offense needs. I really like that move to, to put... Jackson Smith and Jigba there because like you were saying Justin Herbert needs a downfield guy and I think that's a pretty creative move to move up to grab him so he gave me a thumbs up I know you guys can't see that but I appreciate the thumbs up (laughs) so at number nine I have one of my most confident picks in the draft and I don't know why I just feel like this is just the right move but I have the Bears selecting Paris Johnson Jr. out of Ohio State He's my offensive lineman one and my offensive tackle one. This pick just feels like it needs to happen. The Bears get already got fields as a weapon in DJ Moore. Now they just need to be able to protect him. Paris Johnson also played with fields already, which means less than a wide receiver quarterback situation, but it still is important in building that trust. Paris Johnson is also extremely athletic and is pretty strong. The Bears need to develop a good offense before they can focus on defensive pieces. Then they can make a championship run, kind of like what the Lions did where they drafted offensive linemen first, kind of left their defense with some holes, and then now they're drafting defense. Now they're getting that defense ready because it's a little bit easier to focus later on the draft and defense. They also have quite a few picks, so they absolutely have the ability to draft good offensive linemen and draft a good offense and create a good offense this year. At number 10 is a really, really hard selection because drafting for the Eagles is difficult Because to pick a position of need is really hard because they don't have a lot of them, which is a really good thing for the Eagles, but a really bad thing for people who are trying to make mock drafts. (laughs) So at number 10, at the number 10 pick in the NFL draft, I have the Eagles taking Devin Witherspoon out of Illinois. He's my cornerback one. The only positions that the Eagles really lost this year, which they didn't get anyone back, was Javon Hardgrave at defensive tackle. But the Clemson defensive tackle is not worth a top 10 pick, so they'd probably trade back if they really wanted him. And Jalen Carter is definitely going to be gone by number 10. They also drafted a first-round defensive tackle last year, so I don't know if it makes sense for them to draft another one this year instead of trying to develop him. They also could take a left tackle here, I guess, because it's a top 10 pick, but their left tackle's solid. Like, he's, he's above average, probably. Their secondary is good, but it could be better. And with the D-line talent they have, They should take a consistent corner over an athletic corner, which is exactly why Devin Witherspoon fits their system. Witherspoon's a good hitter. He can play corner position fine. He'd be a great addition for them, and he can move around if they need him to. At number 11, I have the Titans taking Miles Murphy out of Clemson. He's my edge too. I think that the Titans should just take whoever they think the best player available is, other than Bijan because they have Henry, and because of positional value. The Titans, in my opinion, are kind of just, there's no way for them to really get better unless they they take amazing talent, because they're kind of 
average at every position except running back and safety with Kevin Byard. So taking the best talent just just makes sense. I think that Miles Murphy is the most impactful player. He also has great athleticism. He just could be that guy for them, which is exactly kind of what they need. I think Edge is a good candidate. Offensive tackle could be too, but I think Murphy is a little bit of a better candidate for their defensive-minded coach to work with. That was especially impactful in making my pick because their coach is defensive-minded. If you're just joining us, welcome to Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. This is Outside Source Football. With the number 12 pick in the 2023 NFL Draft, I have the Texans selecting Quinton Johnson out of TCU. He's my wide receiver three. The Texans already got their quarterback in the future. Don't forget, the Texans already had the second overall pick, and I already had them drafting Bryce Young out of Alabama. Bryce Young will not be successful with the weapons that they have. They traded away Brandon Cooks, who was a below-average wide receiver one at this point in his career, to the Cowboys for a first-round draft pick, which wasn't a horrible trade for them because they need future drafting, not current players. So you draft the hyper-athlete, the guy with all the ceiling in the world. You're not going to be good this year. You're just not. So, so you don't need to draft the most ready guy. You need to draft the guy with the highest ceiling. What do you think? You think athleticism? The Texan. What do you think the Texans should favor in terms of athleticism, not in terms of positional? Yeah, I kind of agree with you. Your point that the Texans just aren't gonna be good this year. This is gonna be a year where they're in the rebuilding phase and they're gonna have to bite the bullet, and that factored into my draft as well. But I do agree with you that if you're not gonna be good by any stretch of the imagination this year, basically no matter what you do in the draft. You're just you're just not gonna have a playoff Super Bowl caliber year. I agree with you that you go for the guy with the highest ceiling, athleticism or otherwise. Yeah, and I especially think the pick works well because they took a quarterback and every single good quarterback gets better with their best receiver. I agree. So you kind of build that chemistry, especially between two people drafted in the same class. So. Yeah, exactly. Like Josh Allen got better when he got Diggs. Burrow got better when he got Jamar Chase. Even Trevor Lawrence got better when he got Christian Kirk, who isn't even a true wide receiver one. And I can't wait to see what he does this year with <laughs> Calvin Ridley, the betting man. You can definitely bet on Calvin Ridley. All right, anyways, at number 13, I have my second trade of the NFL draft. Minnesota swaps their first-round pick to trade up with the Jets. I mocked it as a first and a future second for a Jets first, but it'd probably also involve a fourth and fifth swap, but I don't know exactly how it would look. And with this 13th overall pick that the Minnesota Vikings now have, I have them taking Christian Gonzalez out of Oregon. Minnesota's defense this year was very bad, and it didn't get that much better in free agency. They need help all around, and they seek great help at pick 13, and they just go for it. They full send for pick 13. Christian Gonzalez is a great athlete, and if a team drafts him and develops him well, he will be extremely dangerous. If someone hasn't taken him by 15, there will be teams on the phone all over the place to trade up for him. He's too good of an athlete, and he's too young to fall too low. With pick number 14 in the NFL draft, I have the Patriots selecting Joey Porter Jr. He seems like a Patriots-type pick to choose consistency over anything else. Cornerback is also a pretty decent position of need, and Belichick doesn't usually favor the hyper-athletes. Joey Porter is is kind of a can't-miss guy, not because he'll be a star no matter what, but because I don't see a way that he's not a long-term starter. He's got all the base traits of a corner down well, and he has an extremely low floor. 
Now, I will say that the Patriots could go offensive tackle here if they like the board, but this is the pick I see. What do you think? Okay, so the Patriots often draft. Often, honestly, they, they could trade down. They often do trade down. But the Patriots normally take consistency and over-athleticism. Do you, do you think that I'm a little bit right in that? Do you think uh, that's what they look at more for? No, I 100% agree with you. So, like, I can never imagine the Patriots – if let's say they had a high draft pick, I don't even think I could imagine them picking a guy like we were talking about earlier with Anthony Richardson. I think Mac Jones is one of those indicative picks from the Patriots, just someone who's kind of a game manager, just pretty you know, consistent and whatnot. Um, so I do agree with you. I think that's kind of the culture that Robert Kraft and Bill Belichick have built there, just kind of Yeah, and Kraft Kraft often says it's it's Bill Belichick's team. Bill Belichick is the one drafting like obviously he's got a lot of help Kraft helps him out a lot he technically makes the final decision but Kraft often gives the gives the drafting credit to Bill Belichick and this is the guys that Bill Belichick favors right at number 15 I have the Packers selecting Peter Skronowski out of Northwestern he's my offensive lineman two, my offensive tackle two, and if he's an offensive guard he's my offensive guard one he can play guard or tackle so he probably starts at right tackle for them and if he doesn't pan out a tackle, he moves to right guard. Packers had so many moving pieces at offensive line this year. If they get a guy like Skronowski who can move two different positions, that would be huge for them. I like Skronowski. Maybe his short arms can hurt him every once in a while. Maybe against going to a team like the Eagles. But I don't see it being a problem on a play-to-play basis. Do you think Skronowski's short arms are a problem? Yes, I do think. I just think when you get into the NFL, everyone's so big and so so tall. I don't, so I guess if he's got some size to him, it's not as big of a problem. He's an offensive lineman, so I'm sure he's got some nice strength behind him. But I feel like, you know, long arms are certainly a plus, and short arms are probably a downside in my estimation. But maybe you're right. Maybe maybe they won't be as big of a problem as everyone thinks. With the number 16 pick in the 2023 NFL Draft, I have the commanders taking Broderick Jones out of Georgia. He's my offensive lineman three and he's my offensive tackle three. He moved up since last time I ranked one of the offensive linemen. He moved up a spot, jumped John Michael Schmitz because of his positional value. If the commanders are really committed to Sam Howell, they need to protect him. They have great receiving weapons, Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson, Curtis Samuel. Now all he needs to do is not get sacked because of poor tackle play. It'll also help out the run game a lot, which is really important because the run game wasn't great last year. It was okay but it definitely could have been way better. I feel especially confident that they're going to pick an offensive lineman here because of, because like what else could they possibly even pick? They just drafted a running back. They have a great defensive line. Their linebackers are fine. Their corners aren't horrible. Their wide receiver room is pretty stacked and offensive line is their biggest position of need. Now I did have a mock draft at one point a little bit earlier in the year where I had them taking B. John Robinson, but I think that they're committed to Brian Robinson as their starting running back, and I think that he'll be their guy next year. The young Bulldog was great when he played. He has a lack of experience. His first couple games, it might take him time to adjust because he has to play Parsons and the Eagles D-line twice a year each, but I think he'll develop into just fine offensive tackle. Could even be a superstar here. So first half of the draft, that was it. What what did you think, Ty? I think that's some pretty insightful picks. I liked your your decision for the Chargers to trade up. I thought that was creative and I thought that was insightful. I think 
that the first couple picks are pretty intuitive, right? Do you agree? Yeah, I definitely put a lot of thought into the top six. Okay. Yeah, I think I think those are pretty intuitive, and I think the f- the same six people. A lot of people have the same six people in the top six, top five. They're just sometimes. Yeah, when I was looking up mock drafts, other different. than like stupid ESPN one where the reporters make up stuff to get clicks, there was a mock draft that literally had my identical top six picks, and oh, I was really? like, wow, yeah. At seven, we were different, but okay. at one through six, we were exactly the same because there's only so many ways. Yeah. I mean, it could technically go like almost an infinite amount of ways, but there's only so many ways that it's going to go. Yeah. So No, no I agree with you. I think you had some pretty insightful picks. You think that char- was the Chargers pick your favorite? Yeah, that was a good one. So really quickly, I just want to go into why the Dolphins don't have a first-round pick. They actually never traded out of their pick. They got it taken away from them. The Dolphins got in trouble for collusion with Tom Brady, and the league made them forfeit their first-round pick. I still consider picks 1 through 32 from the Bears all the way down to the Steelers as the first round. But if you see a mock draft with 31 picks, that's why. So thank you for listening to Outside Source Football on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. Please go follow us on OSFB underscore pod on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. And thank you so much. We'll see you after this short break with the rest of my first round mock draft. Hello and welcome back to Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. This is Outside Source Football with Evan Mick and Ty Ruddy. I'm halfway through my mock draft. I'm at pick number 17 with the Steelers. So at pick number 17, I have the Steelers taking Dewan Jones, Ohio State. He's my offensive lineman 5 and my offensive tackle 4. He technically, I think he'd move to guard, but it just it just depends. If he, if he was a guard and Peter Skronowski was a guard, He'd be my guard two. If he was a guard and Peter Skronowski is a tackle, he's my guard one. It just it depends on a lot of things. That's why I just didn't put it on here. But that's it's like it's a lot of complications whether he'd be guard two, guard three, guard one, you know, type thing, depending on where people move. But offensive lineman overall, he's offensive lineman number five. First of all, this is Ohio State's fourth first round selection. And they're all offensive which is absolutely just insane. In only 17 picks, the Ohio State already has four first-round picks. The Steelers need to protect Kenny Pickett at all costs, and they need to have a better run game. Their defense is solid. Their O-line is often the problem in why they lose games. Jones will be great with his 370-plus pound frame, which he uses every pound of, especially in the run game, which is especially where they need help because of how great their running backs are, yet how little yards they're getting. Although I think Najee Harris might be a little bit overrated if you're rating him at like 12. But still, I think they're pretty good, and I think that they could be doing a lot better than they are. The Steelers here will also be playing the offensive lineman game where they take the highest one off the board probably, whoever they think is their best guy. 
I was just about to say, you mentioned something earlier about the Titans being fairly average all around and looking to just grab the highest talent person that was on the board at the time. Do you think the Steelers are another one of those teams that are, I mean, where where do you think they're like direly lacking? I think offensive Offen- line. Offensive, offensive line is a pretty big one. Okay. Uh, they still have Minka Fitzpatrick in the secondary, but corner is another one. Okay. But other than that, not a huge right. like their line their front seven is phenomenal. They just drafted a first round rookie quarterback. Their running backs are are solid and their wide receiver room is pretty good. Mm-hmm. So I think offensive line and corner are definitely their two biggest positions of need. And they take whoever is the best offensive lineman here, and they take whoever is the best corner later. I think I would agree with that, yeah. At number 18, I have the Lions taking Deontay Banks out of Maryland. He's my cornerback five. Especially because I hope the Lions don't take a corner at six, and they did just trade away Jeff Okuda. It's probably the pick that I expect them to make. They have to draft a corner somewhere in the first two rounds. They probably won't take Cam Smith here because he's not as big or strong and he's a little bit older, and the Lions especially have favored younger players and more athletic players in the last couple of years. I don't even think that I would make this pick here. I think that I would rather go, even if you take Jalen Carter, I would rather go with two defensive linemen in the first round than go with a corner here because I just don't think they're as valuable. And then take a corner in the second round and then the take, third round? And then what? take a corner in the second, yeah. Okay. I would especially, honestly, I would say edge here, edge okay. rusher. Uh, probably either Will McDonald or somebody like that, somebody who's going to get you some athleticism out on the edge, somebody who's a good pass rusher because Hutchinson's an okay pass rusher, but his pass rushing is a little bit inflated by his sacks because a couple quarterbacks just kind of ran into him, which, of course, you still have to be in the right position, but there is definitely a, a lack in the actual production of his sacks. Okay. How high is their second-round pick? So could they get away with what you're saying, not drafting a corner here, going with an edge guy, and then still picking up a fairly high-value corner later on? So I have – um, and so I did make a full second-round draft too. In the second round, the Lions have picked 44 and 52, I think. And the thing about the second round is, is that I have five cornerbacks who are drafted all pretty early, and then in the second round – there's pretty much none after that f- that other corners. So I have one more corner between them and the Lions okay. being drafted. Yeah. So I think they could get away with it because it's not a huge position of need and enough value for anybody. And I also just don't think that it – I think that defensive line affects corner play more than corner play affects corner play. At pick number 19, I have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers taking Will Levis out of Kentucky. He's my quarterback five. The Bucks take an absolute shot here shot in the dark levis is a huge athlete and i think he'll be a lot better player than zach wilson but i think that he's not great and that he won't truly develop ever into a starting quarterback but still much better than zach wilson ever was more like maybe even a maybe even how to baker mayfield's career is turning out right now without those first two great years baker mayfield is also on the bucks right now speaking of baker mayfield He's on a short deal, so a quarterback can develop behind him, which is why Will Levis is a good selection. And if you've ever watched Florida, you know that Kyle Trask is not the answer. They're not hiding Kyle Trask so that they can play him later. He's horrible. <laughs> I don't know if you ever watched Kyle Trask. Yeah, yeah. 
if you watch Kyle Pitts highlights, watching Kyle Trask throw to Kyle Pitts is probably the saddest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> Levis tough. is definitely better than Kyle Trask. I give him that much. Uh, the Bucks are in a horrible spot here with Brady's retirement because they have such a great team, so they'll never be in a high enough draft position, but they have mm. such a horrible selection of quarterbacks, and they'll never be in a Super Bowl position without a quarterback. So, At number 20, I have the Seattle Seahawks taking Osiris Torrance out of Florida. He's my offensive lineman 8 and technically my offensive guard 2 if you can count Skronowski and Jones as tackles. I still don't love Torrance, but he's moved up my rankings since the last time for sure. The Seahawks' biggest need after edge is by far offensive guard. They already drafted an edge, so now take an offensive guard. So they had, who was the guy they picked last year? The tackles? Yeah, that ended up being... Abraham like, Lucas the, and Charles Abraham Cross. Lucas, yeah. And so you think they're going to go again with another, hopefully, steal of an offensive line pick? Or would you consider this one a steal or not? I wouldn't even... Con- He's most people's first-rated offensive lineman. Okay. I'm not offensive lineman, offensive guard. So I wouldn't really consider it a steal, per se. I don't think that that's, that's in the cards to say. But I think that they definitely either go with another edge here or they go with an offense because they don't really have any other huge positions of need. Right. They got Jamal Adams, Tariq Woolen. They got great defensive tackle play. They just re-signed Bobby Wagner to a short deal. Like they don't need anything else. Not that there's high enough value in linebacker, anyways. Uh, they're not drafting a quarterback. I've seen them draft mm. quarterbacks too. That's horrible. <laughs> they like Geno Smith a lot, and Geno Smith played really, really well last yeah. year. So that yeah. doesn't make any sense. So, Their wide receiver room's pretty good. They could take a wide receiver. It's to replace Tyler Lockett because he is getting a little bit older. But other than that, I don't really see anything. So you think they just stay on a steady, steady incline with the offensive line and just build from there? Yeah, and um, I think that it would help them to allow allow them to run on everybody except maybe the 49ers. And especially with their their run game is an important part of their game. They just drafted Kenneth Walker last year, and he was phenomenal. And if if he keeps up what he's doing, and they draft an offensive guard. He, their run game will just explode, and they barely will even need to rely on Geno Smith to pass the ball. So when you say this will help them compete with everybody except for maybe the 49ers, does that mean everybody in the NFC or everybody in the NFC West? Every, I say everybody in the – there's nobody – In the league. Everybody in the league. Okay. I'm saying not competing in terms of talent, just they are going to be able to run on everybody. Like They're going to be able to run, run the ball oh, successfully. Oh, okay. Yeah. I got you. I got you. Yeah, not competing just like talent-wise. Like, I got you. They're going to be able to run on everybody except the 49ers because of how good the 49ers' talent is. Maybe the Eagles if uh, his the defensive tackle drafts uh, develops really well. Okay, I'm following. But they're going to be able to run on pretty much everybody else as much as they want. At number 21, I have the Falcons, after trading down, drafting Lucas Finesse out of Iowa. He's my edge rusher 12. I'm not a huge fan of Vanessa, but the media seems to love him. The Iowa defense was extremely stacked, and he still didn't put up great numbers. I don't think he's a good pass rusher. I think he'll be a decent run stopper, but even then he's not a superstar, and I'm honestly just not a fan. The Falcons do need some edge rusher help. It's definitely a hole, not their only one, but a pretty big one where they think they can get value, and they didn't really sign anyone in free agency too. So I think that edge rusher is, is where they're probably going to go here. I have an odd question, and it kind of relates with what we relates to what we talked about with Zach Wilson last week. You just mentioned something about 
the media going crazy over this guy. And so you think that they will end up picking him here. Yeah. And so I was going to ask, what role and how big of a role do you think the media plays in influencing the decisions of NFL GMs? Here's actually what I think it's very reversed. Exactly what you said is reversed in people's belief. So I think that the NFL GMs influence the media. Oh, okay. Because I think that because people forget that it's not just the GMs who are doing this work on the draft every single day. It's these other people that are working with them that are telling their kids about these great players that are like, wow, this guy's really good. He might be the steal of the draft. That somehow eventually gets out to the media. Like People have ears everywhere. The media has ears everywhere. Like These things spread around really quickly like wildfire. I do think that there is some media influence on it that reverses the other way. But I think that a lot of the times the GMs have an influence on the media more than the media has an influence on the GMs. That's 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 pretty interesting because a lot of times you think about, like I said, we talked about Zach Wilson, and that seems like a pick that might have been influenced by the media. But I guess it would make sense for the the GMs start talking about how much Zach Wilson is. They start talking about this throw. They start talking about how much they love him, and then the media gets word of it instead of. And that's the media's job. Yeah, too, exactly. Right? That is the media's yeah. job. They're okay. doing there. Yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty insightful. That's pretty good. Explanation, I'd say. So at number 22, I have the Ravens drafting Brian Brees out of Clemson. He's my defensive tackle, too. The Ravens just lost Calais Campbell. They need a big defensive tackle to replace him. They also just signed Odell, so wide receiver is no longer their number one concern. And Brees is a great athletic defensive tackle. He has an injury problem, but I like taking a shot on him anyway because if he is as good as he was when he played, he's worth a first-round pick as a defensive tackle. At number 23, I have the New York Jets after trading down, taking Brian Branch out of Alabama. He's my safety one. One of the only positions where the Jets don't have at least one star is safety, and Branch is the best guy in this weaker draft class. Branch is pretty good if he goes to a team like the Jets where there's a lot of talent around him and he's able to make plays in scheme. I think he'll be great i think he'll be able to make plays the the jets already have a star at pretty much every other position and safety is definitely one of their one of their bigger needs but they could go offense here i could see them going left tackle because beckton played right tackle or even offensive guard but i think that they're going to go safety here especially with brian branch still being on the board so this is their highest pick right yeah because they i have them trading down Oh, that's right. With okay. the Vikings. So they have this right. pick is technically 13, but the trade down with the Vikings, now they're at 23. Okay, and so you're accepting the fact that Aaron Rodgers is going to play for the Jets next season, and you think they just neglect quarterback. I guess not that they would take one this low anyway, especially with this draft class. Yeah, I think that that's, I think that they will trade for Aaron Rodgers, and even if they don't do so by draft night, they're still going to at least bet on themselves getting Aaron Rodgers enough not to take a first round. Okay. But that situation is just a lot of chaos. I don't think it's very predictable. I would yeah. love laugh if he retired. But um <laughs> but the Jets cuz the Jets at 13, they're not going to get a good they're not going to get a good quarterback. Right, and that's what I was saying too is they, the there's top. no way for them to get one of those top guys. Yeah. And there's no way for them to trade up with the Cardinals without giving up like 
a whole bunch of picks like the 49ers did, and then Trey Lance didn't even play. So right. with a great, it's a very similar. It would be a very similar situation if they traded up to the Cardinals because they have a great team and they just need a quarterback. And so they trade up, they draft their guy, and then they watched how that worked out for the 49ers. And a seventh round rookie played better than him. Not played better than him. A seventh round rookie started, and they still won a whole bunch of games. And I think that the Jets are just looking at that, saying, even if we don't get Aaron Rodgers, we don't need to draft a quarterback right away. Okay. So yeah. At number twenty-four, I have the Jacksonville Jaguars taking Darnell Wright out of Tennessee. He's my offensive lineman twelve and my offensive tackle six. The Jets just lost their starting tackles to the Chiefs, so tackle is an immediate need for them. Wright is solid. He's no superstar, but he's a very good pick, and he's a long-term starter. Lawrence has the weapons. He just needs some protection from the O-line. At pick number 25, I have the Giants taking Jordan Addison out of USC. He's my wide receiver, too. The Giants just got Jones a weapon in Darren Waller. Now they need to try to get him a true, true wide receiver one. Their weapons are decent, but after having to cut Kadarius Toney because of injuries, they really need a first-round wide receiver the Jets the Giants also need some defense but offense win championships nowadays so I think that they'll try to build around Daniel Jones first but I definitely could see them going defense defensive line or offensive guard or even safety if Branch is still on the board at pick number 26 I have the Cowboys drafting Michael Mayer Michael Meyer out of Notre Dame he's my tight end one the Cowboys just lost their starting tight end to Houston free agency They need to now fill that role. It will also give them another receiving weapon. Even though he isn't a receiver, it's still a decent need, and tight ends help in the receiving game even though he isn't a receiver. They were able to keep most of their defensive pieces in free agency too, and the defense was very good last year, so I don't see that being a super concern. Mayer is the do-it-all, plug-in-play, day-one type starter. He's a receiver and a blocker and will see in the NFL, even though I think he's a little bit smaller in height. At number 27, I have the Bills taking Zay Flowers out of Boston College. He's my wide receiver four. The Bills need someone to pair up with Stephon Diggs for Josh Allen. Offensive line is a bigger need, but I don't see them addressing it here. Zay Flowers is a great athlete at the wide receiver position. Excellent cuts, very smart plays, not a hyper athlete, a great athlete, not a hyper athlete, but next to Stefan Diggs, he will excel because he can fill the holes and zones and beat cornerback twos with ease. At number 28, I have the Bengals selecting Anton Harrison out of Oklahoma. The Bengals just signed a left tackle in free agency, Orlando Brown Jr., so now they have to address right tackle because they still have holes in their line. Anton is no star left tackle, but he'd be a very solid right tackle, and there are no real holes in his game, but he's just not super great at anything. I think he'll be a long-term starter for whoever drafts him. At pick number 29, I have the Saints taking Kalijah Kansi. Kansi is the hyper-athlete, pass-rushing, defensive tackle of the modern NFL. I could even see him moving back and forth between tackle and edge a little bit because of his athleticism, but he's definitely more of a defensive tackle. He's not a great run-stopper, which may make him seem risky to teams, but I think that his ceiling is worth a first-round pick. And the Saints really need quite a few positions, and they're not in terms to make a, a run this year, in my opinion. So taking that highest ceiling guy is another is Saints are another team that should be able to do that. I also think pass rush is their definite is one of their biggest needs. They could go guard here, and I think they're a sleeper team to take Bijan Robinson 
but I think t- defensive tackle is where they go. I also like can't see them because they struggle against the outside run, in my opinion, and an athletic defensive tackle like Kansi can cover outside runs really, really well, and it's an extremely useful pick. The reason why they fail to cover outside runs, just as an aside, is because their linebacker core is really, really, really smart, and they're pretty good tacklers, but they're not super athletically fast. So at number 30, that leaves the Eagles, Bijan Robinson out of Texas. He's my running back one, obviously. I just couldn't find a realistic spot for him to go earlier. It's like you look at the board earlier, and there's nobody who needs a running back who's in position to make any sort of run. Maybe the Falcons take one, because they, but they just drafted Tyler Algier. Maybe the Commanders, but they just drafted Bijan, Brian Robinson. So Bijan ends up on the Eagles at pick 30. So he's just one of those random players every draft who ends up dropping for some reason yeah because because there's no other place right. for him to go yeah I just I just can't see him going no out. and I kind of agree with you and he's he's great and he's my running back number one too but I don't think he's sort of like a generational talent at running back and that would be the only reason with this draft order for him to go higher and like you said no reason no team has a dire need for a running back. Yeah, exactly. I think he is maybe a little bit of a generational, but not like Saquon Barkley type. Right. Not that's, like, yeah. That's who I was going to mention is Saquon, Saquon Barkley. Yeah, who, he's not He's where, not Saquon. Where he was, Saquon was not going to drop out of the top 10. There's, yeah, exactly. There's no way. Bijan has that possibility. He's extremely talented, but he could drop out of that top, especially with running backs getting lower and lower and getting less paid and less paid. Definitely could drop out of the top 10. At pick number 31, I have the Chiefs taking Will McDonald out of Iowa State. He's my edge rusher six. The Chiefs just released Frank Clark, which opens up a spot on their D-line. Although they addressed the D-line last year, I think that it still could be improved, especially after losing Clark. McDonald is one of my favorite players in the draft. I think he'll be a three-down player in the NFL. I think he'll be a phenomenal, phenomenal player. The Chiefs could also go corner here, but I don't think that they do so. They also could go with wide receiver, but once again, I just don't think that the players here are worth the 31st overall pick, especially at wide receiver. Maybe at corner they are, but especially at wide receiver, I don't think that they're worth. Like last year, you remember last year's class, extremely stacked at wide receiver. This year, not so much. Like it's It just happens, you know, in draft to draft. But I think that the players on the board are worth the 31st overall pick. Will McDonald is one of them. So at pick number 32... With the last pick in the first round, which is technically a second-round pick depending on the way that you look at it, but I would consider it a first-round pick, the Steelers select Cam Smith out of South Carolina. He's my cornerback four. The Steelers just lost Cam Sutton to the Lions, so they need to replace him. The Steelers have a successful defensive line, so they'd probably prefer a smarter corner over a developmental guy, and Sam Smith, Cam Smith is that smarter, less athletic, but more knowledgeable corner smith is also the last guy smith is also the last of the corners before a major fall off in talent i think that smith is a long-term starter and will fit with the steelers scheme but i don't think he'll be a superstar thank you for listening to outside source football on radio free hillsdale 101.7 fm go follow us on osfb underscore pod on instagram tiktok and twitter and this is me my name is evan mick my co-host Ty Ruddy and we thank you so much for joining us this week we'll see you again next week 
very soon with Ty's first round mock draft. Thank you very much. We'll see you.